Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. This is Marcy, and I will be leading our conversation today. With me, as always, I have the lovely Kim Schlag and Katie Crocus. Hey, ladies, how you doing? Hi, Mars. Hi, ladies. Doing well. What's new? Fill us in. Let's you see. go first, Katie. We, my family decided that we needed an impromptu vacation a couple days ago. And so we kind of just like drew us like a radius around Madison and we're like, okay, we'll drive for like up to seven hours. Let's go someplace where there might be some water. Like we live near the Great Lakes. Let's figure it out. We landed on a spot called Boyne City, Michigan, which is like the top sort of index finger part of the mitt of Michigan. And I'll tell you what, growing up in Wisconsin my whole life, I, we've never once called Michigan a destination. Like we hop over Detroit for the airport, but we've never sought out going there. But there's not a lot of places to vacation right now, ladies. You probably know like Verbo and Airbnbs are, are pretty, pretty jam-packed um, and everyone's trying to get their last minute trips in. So anyway, we threw this together like hours ago, it feels like, and now it's um, coming up on Sunday. So I'm just trying to get my ducks in a row before we all pile in the car and take a couple days off. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, and I thought that you meant you guys had already taken the trip. And I was like, where have I been? I totally missed that on her stories. Me too. I was like, I I swear I follow you on your stories. No, you'll see it. It'll be awesome. I'm eager to live vicariously through you. So that being said, speaking of Madison, Wisconsin, you and I have chatted a little bit about me coming out there to visit. And now I have even more of a reason because my new friend, Abby, Mm -hmm. who I connected with a couple of months ago, she lives about 10 minutes from me is moving there. So yes, you She's get Abby now. My new friend, Abby. <laughs> it's going to be your new friend, Abby. And I'm going to come visit you guys. When is the best time to come? Oh, October. October. Oh, my favorite month. In Wisconsin. I mean, you any time in the fall is fabulous, but you are almost guaranteed perfection in the month of October. So throw a dart any day. It'll be great. Perfect. All right. Well, now, you know, I'm inviting you myself. Too. I'll come too. Yeah. I can be invited. <laughs> But you have a lot going on. Don't you have stuff coming up? More stuff coming up. I have so much coming up. Yeah, I got a lot coming up. Um, I've got to take my son to college in Utah, so that's coming up. And while I'm out there, I get to see um, some roommates from college, so that's coming up. And then I have my launch for my course, and that's a huge chunk of the end of August, beginning of September. And then I'm going to the Grand Canyon, and then I'm going to Florida. Florida again. Yeah, Florida. I'm going to Florida. I'm taking my daughter to see Harry Styles for my birthday. Oh, that's you. Mom of the year. Yes. Wow, we're very excited. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, And I can't wait to hear more about the Grand Canyon trip. That's going to be amazing. I know you you got your training in earlier. I did it. I'm doing it. it Really, really quick, just so because I want to know what's going on with your foot. Is that not I think again? it's better today. You know, I get, it gets weird. And I, I knew it after that trip. If I sit in a lounge chair for really, whatever it is about that position, like with that bend in my hips and my legs out straight, it irritates my heel. And mm. I, that's what kind of set this off. 
And then I was working through it. I thought it was all better. And then on Monday, my best friend had time at her pool and we sat there for hours in that position. And I just didn't think about it. And I stood up. And by the time I walked to the car, I was like, no, it's back, but it feels good today. So I really worked on all my exercises yesterday. And, um, you know, I don't ever stop moving. I just have to be careful with it. And so it was fine. Like it's not hurting me right now. Excellent. Well, uh, awareness is key. Yes. As always, we know that's the, the first step. And yes. sometimes you have to learn the lessons over and over again so that you do not repeat them. It's true. And perhaps that ties very well into today's topic, which is how to be coachable as a client. So, you know, Katie, you have done some coaching, one-on-one coaching in the past. That is my bread and butter with my business is one-on-one coaching. And then Kim, that's how you started. Now you're doing the group coaching thing. So we all have quite a bit of experience coaching clients and we have, you know, seen things over the years that, you know, maybe hinders someone's progress or expedites someone's progress, uh, depending on their mindset and, you know, characteristics that maybe they have, but just really overall the, their willingness to show up for the process for themselves. So we want to chat about it because we did have that question from, a listener last week who was asking about coaching in more of a one-to-one setting. So we figured that this would be a good time. And we always like to chat a little bit more before we start to recording or before we start recording to get our ducks in a row. And Katie, I want to start with you because the first step of the coaching process is the application. At least if you're working with someone good, (laughs) so they get to know a little bit about you. Uh, You get to know about them. And yeah, let's talk about the application process, what that looks like. And Katie, I loved what you said. One of your questions was to kind of, let's say, weed people out who, you know, off the bat are not a good fit. It is a little bit of an interview process, right? And if it's not, it probably should be both for the coach and the client. And the intake form is part of that. And and any good coach is going to have a pretty detailed intake form or some sort of onboarding call so you can really get to know each other, right? Because you really both have skin in the game. And if you don't have a coach that feels that way, that is a red flag. But one of the questions I have on my coaching application is, what do you think is holding you back? And that is a great question because if somebody skips that question, I immediately opt not to coach that person. And here's why. If you are someone with zero accountability or zero self-awareness, then it's going to be really hard to coach you in a transformational way. And I find that when you, anyone can, you know, download a macro calculator and give you a set of numbers or throw a meal plan out there, be a cheerleader or, you know, toss you a workout split. That's all stuff a robot can do for you. That's all stuff anyone can, any untrained individual. And frankly, there are plenty of people on Instagram who do that and do it successfully. Um, that's another episode. But if you, <laughs> if you really want to transform in your experience, and frankly, that's the only kind of coaching I'm interested in. I need someone who's willing to show up for themselves. Someone who is self-aware or at least willing to become Mm self-aware and so if you can't answer that question what is it that's holding you back in any way you just skip it all together that's a problem for me that tells me that we are probably not going to be very much in sync and you are not going to be a highly coachable person in which case your resources are not being well spent with me 
Mm -hmm. Right. And I will play devil's advocate just slightly with that when I was hearing you speak, because sometimes, and I said this with Kim, like awareness is always the first step. And oftentimes people don't know what they don't know. So maybe they understand, oh, I struggle with accountability or air quote motivation or lack of motivation, lack of discipline. Uh, so I can see they could at least put that in the mm -hmm. answer box. You know, they may not have the awareness as to, okay, why is that the case? Like what is at the, the root of this, but at least put in the effort to say, you know, here's what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've never had someone skip over a question completely. That's crazy. Yeah. It doesn't show a whole lot of effort if they're skipping over important questions, right? Like that just doesn't show much, but I do agree, Marcy. I think a lot of times when people come to us for coaching, they don't know what it is that they're struggling with, but they know that they're struggling. They should be able to say something, even mm -hmm. if like it feels very surface, right? And then that's kind of our job. We help figure like, all right, what's really leading up to that, but they should be able to have some sense of what the issue is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if they're absolutely. just like circling it, because that's what I find a lot. Like they have a lot to say and it's not really getting us anywhere at first. And you know, then we ask questions to kind of get to where where it is. But they should have something to say about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a starting block, right? Because it's really hard to understand when someone comes to you and just says, I want to lose weight and gives you no other um institutional knowledge into what's going on and sends the vibe that it's not me, it's them. It's, it's, I'm doing everything right. 1200 calories a day doesn't work for me. I know how to count macros. I've been doing it for years. I've got it all figured out. It's not working. Please fix me. And I think that's sort of the problem mm -hmm. that I have is when someone is coming to me and not willing to try something that they haven't tried before. Um, they're so set in their ways that they don't see any problems with what, with what they're doing other than the fact it's not working, of course, right? And then as a coach, you know, trying to work through these things with them and there being so much resistance mm -hmm. and unwillingness to be open to feedback or, because here's the thing, if you're coming to me and you've got a problem or you've got uh, something you'd like me to help you solve, um, it's really hard to, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh my gosh, Kim, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> we're like suddenly there's blank space in front of you so somebody relate. pick up and it'll come back to me i'm sorry ladies <laughs> well okay so i will carry on with that because one of my favorite phrases that i've been using a lot lately i'm sure i've said it on here before is you can't read the label when you're inside the jar so when you're really stuck in your own shit so to speak or in your own world doing the same things you know insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again expecting a different result so if you're in the thick of it Maybe you don't know what you don't know. You don't have that awareness. I think that can be one thing, but also something that I see a lot. And I'll be honest, I struggled with this myself is fear. So maybe it's not so much resistance to, to change like overall, but it's resistance to change what they are doing in fear that their problem is maybe going to get worse. So I see this a lot with women who come to me who are, and I'm sure, you know, you as well, because it's kind of the new conversation in the fitness space these days is the importance of reverse dieting, staying at maintenance for a while, not constantly being in fat loss mode. And for someone who has dieted their entire life mm -hmm. and doesn't know what that looks like, that's going to be very scary, especially if they're already feeling some level of discomfort in their own skin because they want to lose weight. 
but you know, maybe now is not the time and trying something different. So whether that's eating more, um, trying different types of workouts, you know, stopping the circuit circus acts and the boot camps and trying to lift heavier, build strength, gain muscle, all of that, uh, there is going to be some fear because it is the unknown and our brains like to keep us safe. So there will be that resistance to try a different path, even if, you know, maybe intellectually, we know that's what we need to do. That fear can still hold us back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, like I've experienced that myself, you know, a couple of years ago when I had to eat way more food and take a month off the gym to let my body heal. Or when I started working with my first online coach when I was 24 and I was a cardio bunny and eating a very, you know, bro type diet. And now here I am being introduced to flexible dieting and eating more carbs and not doing any cardio. That was terrifying for me. Mm -hmm. So I think part of it is being willing to trust the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that you nailed my point, what I was trying to say, which is you have to be willing to try. Mm -hmm. And I mean, why would you hire a coach and, and pay someone to guide you if you're not willing to consider that there may be an alternate road to your destination? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work, you know, but at least you gave it a fair shot. Mm -hmm. So Kim, what about you? I was thinking back in preparation for this, um, about my clients who have not been coachable and frankly, there have been very few. And I think it's because, you know, on those long phone conversations, I would weed out people who I was just like, you're not, you're not in a position to do this right now. Like you're, you're not ready, but you know, a few did slip through and one in particular, and she actually came back to me several times. And the last time she tried to come back to me, my question for her was what has changed? nothing had, nothing had changed. She was still in the same position. And I think back to like, what was it, what was going on with her? And a lot of it was, she didn't take responsibility for the things that she was doing. It was always like, well, you know, my coworker brings that jar of Hershey kisses, like they're there. And, you know, we taught, and I would have her brainstorm options and I would brainstorm options and we would come up with a plan and she just wouldn't follow the plan. Or there was a whole lot of like, you know, I always, I always have, and I'm going to junk food in air quotes. I always have junk food in the afternoon like that. I just always do that. And there was never the sense of, I could do it differently. I could improve. I can change that feeling of, I can change was never there with her. And I think that's a huge one. If you don't believe that you can change even really long held habits, if you don't believe you can change, you're not in a position to be coached. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. And you know, I have right now and for a very long time, amazing clients. So any of you who are listening, I love you. Shout out to you for being coachable. And let's be honest, some, some have more trouble than others making the changes, having those habits shift, the mindset shift. But I'm thinking of one in particular right now who the process is going a little bit more slowly but she is so open to the feedback. She's thankful for the feedback and she's very introspective. So mm-hmm. even if there is maybe this, I don't even want to call it like a resistance to change. Although it's funny because I did <laughs> recommend her read the book war of art. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that, but it's written by a man named Steven Pressfield. And he is obviously an author 
And it's a very short read, but it's all about the concept of resistance and why for any goal that we have, there is so much resistance that we come up, uh, come up against. So I recommended her read this and I was actually going to send her the book as a gift. And then two days later, she's like, yeah, I read the book. And I was like, wow, action taker. I love that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, someone who is willing to do the work, who is going to take action and not drag their heels, but also even when they are continuing to come up over this or against the same thing over and over again, they don't give up. They keep looking for solutions and really ask themselves, like start digging deeper. Well, maybe this is what I need. Maybe, you know, it's something that is not just surface level and then being open to hearing that feedback rather than putting their guards up and like, oh no, no, like I can't hear that because I don't want to believe that about myself. Yeah, Marcy, that's a huge one that you said that looking for solutions. This is something I coach a lot on in my in my aging strong society, my menopause weight loss course, and with my clients. And I love hearing my clients way of speaking switch after they've been with me for a while, because I don't hear them just bringing up problems anymore. I hear them saying like, this is what's happening. And so I'm going to, right. And it's just, it's a really being a person who's able to add that last little bit. And so I will not just like, well, now I have to, you know, the kitchen is being redone and I have no way to cook food. Mm -hmm. right? That people stop there. That's not, that's not a good place to be, but so I will, or I'm trying to think of things to do. Can you help me think of things? You know, being that person who's trying to find solutions is massive. Mm -hmm. Well, I call, oh, go ahead, Katie. I I think this sort of speaks to the fact that coaching solutions, any solutions have to be applicable within the context of your own life, which is why it's so important that you are verbal and vocal and the conversation Mm -hmm. is two-sided. If you are just standing there with your hand up waiting for your coach to give you all the answers, you'll be waiting a really long time because without that input, it's irrelevant. Coaching is not a copy and paste situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Coaching is not us telling you what to do. mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a co-collaboration. I have a document that I send all of my clients when they're first getting started, like an onboarding document. And I lay out some of the expectations that I have as a coach. And that is one of them. I said, this is a, a collaborative co-communication type of process. So you have to meet me halfway. Like, yes, I will be your supporter. I will be your cheerleader. I will give you, you know, the tips and tools and ask you the hard questions, but you still have to, you know, put in the effort yourself and also be, be vocal. So when you are struggling, come to me. Like, I know we've all had the ghosters, right? Yeah. Please tell me you have. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Who, and we get it. You know, I used to take ghosting and for those of us who I'm sure everyone knows what it is. Like you hear it in dating, right? Like I was Mm -hmm. dating somebody and then all of a sudden they didn't talk to me anymore. And I didn't hear from them ever again. Well, the same thing happens with clients. So, you know, you're going along and maybe they're coming up against some challenges and rather than asking for feedback or being honest that they are struggling. They just, you know, they leave all together. You never hear from them again. You touch base and it's just radio silence, which is very frustrating. And yeah, I used to take that personally in the beginning of my coaching career. And now I just see it as, you know, that person's, um, I don't want to use shame. That's like a pretty heavy word, but maybe there's a little bit of that. I but think just there's definitely a piece of shame. that. You know, like embarrassment, guilt, shame, whatever you want to call it. And Fear so that they've let you down. 
that mm-hmm. yeah that they've let I mean first of all they've let themselves down again mm-hmm. and then yeah now I've let you down as a coach so I don't want to have to face that and you know maybe it's because they're worried about what the feedback is going to be what the reaction is going to be I mean even though like I'm a very compassionate coach like I will give tough love and you know tell you what you need to hear but in a loving way I'm sure you guys do as well so I it's not like I'm going to scold you by any means but still I think that people are yeah, they're worried and they, they don't want to have to feel like they're letting somebody down again or themselves. So they just disappear altogether. Uh, and that, that is not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the, the ways to kind of combat that from the angle of the person who's being coached, because I'm, I'm being coached. I have a coach right now myself and I don't know about you ladies, but I think there's a lot of people out there that want to get to the goal as soon as possible and are willing to do a lot of um, retooling in their life to make that happen and, and sacrifice. And I'm, and I'm that person because I'm like, I know I can do it if I just, if I just like set my sights on it and hit go. And my coach has been really helpful in helping me instead of going from like zero to 100, go from like zero to 10, then 10 to 20 then mm-hmm. 20 to 30 and like tempering my enthusiasm a little bit for the end goal in the name of sustainability and relaxing and lasting results and actually hanging on to something that, that I achieve. And so, um, you know, I think when you come from a place where you just want to hit the goal and you've had success doing it, sometimes you need a coach to help you pull the reins back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And in order to be coachable, you need to consider that what got you here won't get you there. And so maybe even though you've had success with something in the past, they are able to see your situation from a different lens and shed a lot of light on that. And, and just being open to that, I think as well is, is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about something that came up with a client this week who, again, amazing, love her dearly, but she was checking in with me via voice message. And she's like, yeah, I haven't been tracking. I haven't been weighing. Like I have a sheet that people fill out that assesses their dietary adherence. So what were the macros that you hit? And then their biofeedback, all of that. And then they're supposed to weigh in daily so that I can see the trends over time, do the averages. Like I need as much data as possible to best support you. Cause you know, if I don't see what's going on, then I don't know what's going on and I cannot make changes, support you to the best of your ability or to my ability. So she's like, yeah, you know, I just, I needed a break from tracking and I was just getting really not obsessive over it. But, um, I think a lot of people struggle with tracking and doing it consistently for a long period of time. So she's like, I just needed a break and I didn't want to step on the scale. And I was like, okay, well that's fine. Like everyone needs a break every so often, if you've got a lot going on, which she has, she was fairly stressed recently. It's like, it's fine to take a break. However, I just want to make sure that this break is not you digging your head in the sand and not wanting to own up to the choices that you have been making recently and talk about a coachable client. She responded back right away. And she's like, Marcy, you're right. Like you called me out on it. And I had to take ownership of that. Like I was digging my head in the sand. So this week I'm getting back into the game. I'm not going to do that again. So I think taking personal responsibility, accountability for your choices, your decisions, whatever is also really important. Yeah. I I've that. never had a client like blame me. No one's ever like, you're a shitty coach. <laughs> you know, like, why am I not getting results? Like, I think there are people like that. Like I've seen it happen with other coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I I think we've gotten 
some good ones. We got the good eggs, but yeah, you know, those should be baking. able should should huh? be able to distill the BS like that, like you did. And and again, I I stand by the fact that you are your like at the end of the day, if you can be present and sort of get out of your head and into your body, you are your own greatest coach. But let's be honest, very few of us spend our lives in that very difficult place of of total awareness. And so to that, having someone like you, Marcy, kind of lead lead you through the fog when you're like, oh, this is really just like a, it's sort of a self-sabotage method coming through, a coping mechanism coming through. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, having a coach being able to like distill it down and help you see that, um, you know, you sometimes, sometimes it's hard to do that on your own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely one of the benefits of having a coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think another thing I would say is the ability to be adaptable. And what I mean by this is get honest with yourself and your coach when maybe something isn't working mm -hmm. and not just try to like keep pushing and pushing because you feel like a failure if you don't. So, you know, you know that four times a week strength training, that's what I signed up for thinking that I could do it, you know, counting every single macro and I'm just overwhelmed right now, but rather than being like, Hey, you know, I'm waving the white flag. Can we change this process a little bit? They keep going. And then maybe because of that, they get burnt out or they're just not being as adherent. So yeah, having the willingness or, um, I guess the willingness just to speak up for themselves when something needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That ability to communicate their needs. And their needs. even if it is something that makes them feel a little bit like, I can't believe I can't, I can't do what I said I was going to do. Right. That, that feels a little bit humbling, but when you can do that and say like, I thought like you did, and I had a, a client just recently do this. I mean, she signed up, she was really excited. And we started with three, three times a week strength training. And she has a lot of other athletic stuff going on. She does like long, um, kayaking rides and all of this stuff, like, like, I don't know, like 25 miles anyway, all this stuff. And then she messaged me after a while. She's like, you know what? I want to spend more time kayaking. She's like, can we, can you give me like three exercises I could do in the morning and three in the afternoon? And that's it. And I was like, fine. Like, and she was very clear about, she's like, I realized this is an ideal. Like I realized, like I signed up for you to tell me like, here's a really good program how can I do it? And she's like, and I realized I don't want to do that. <laughs> she's mm -hmm. like, I don't, I want to be out on the river after work. I don't want to. And so I went with her, we went with her planning because there was um, a very clear understanding on her part of what she needed, what she wanted and what the results would be. Mm -hmm. Practical being greater than optimal. That is a perfect yeah. example of, of making this lifestyle, lifestyle, like for you long-term. Yeah. And I would have never guessed that, right? If she didn't say to me, I might've sensed that something was off, but I would have never in a million years thought, okay, the issue is she wants to be out on the lake more and doesn't really want to train, you know, full blown for these long sessions. I would have never been like, maybe I should just offer to give her two or three exercises, right? That was on her to say to me, this is what I feel like I need. Mm. Oh, I Very love that. That's really powerful. That, yeah. that is powerful. I wonder if that was her nature, if she's someone who is more intuitive and self-intuitive in that way, or if, or if you sort of helped coach her to that point where she paused and kind of shut the noise down long enough to actually let that surface. Mm -hmm. I think it was a combination of both because, um, she'd been with me already a month and a half. And so she had tried doing it the way that we had set out to do it and was making some headway, but just wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah and so you know, 
Okay. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I had a similar conversation with a client recently who was, I wasn't even writing her workouts. I was just doing nutrition for her. So she had a trainer at a gym in her hometown, but during the summer, she goes to this cottage and it's this amazing place. It just makes me so happy for her because she has a very stressful job at home. And this is just her place to, you know, relax, unwind, be with her friends. Like she has so much fun when she's there, but like, she will admit, you know, like, I don't really care as much about strength training right now. So it's probably not going to be a priority. And maybe I don't want to track my macros. She is okay with that. So she can come to me and say, Hey, you know what? Like maybe my progress is going to be a little bit slower. Maybe this is not the optimal plan, but for right now, it's the optimal plan for me. And I am okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know? So yeah, just being honest with yourself as well as your coach. Yeah. One of the things I've told my clients too is, don't look at the ground, look at the trees. And you know, when you're skiing or doing anything active, really, if you're even heck walking, if you're looking at the ground, you're going to run into crap everywhere, right? You want to look ahead. You want your field of sight and your vision to be long range. And that's kind of how I like to look at goals with clients too. So when I can get them to like pick their head up um, figuratively, I feel like we have a lot more progress when you can kind of understand that, okay, what we're doing right now at this time is even if it's not optimal for the goal in the moment, it's optimal for you on your path to that goal. It may not directly relate to what you're doing. If your goal is to get abs and I'm asking you to take a rest day, you need to understand that there is a reason for that. I'm not telling you to do that because I want you to deviate from your path. Um, I'm telling you that because we're trying to take a holistic approach and get you there and doing 500 crunches seven days a week isn't going to be that road for you. So I think taking a moment to like understand that there is a, you have to sort of take a 30,000 foot view sometimes and not just look at the number on the scale today or, you know, whatever it is that's kind of going on in your head in that moment and, and be coachable in, in, in a sense where, yes, you can share those thoughts and those worries and your concerns with your coach, but then when they give you feedback on that, be open to it as well and interpret it into your own life. And, and, you know, that generally um, is like a super badass, enthusiastic way to harness those goals a little bit closer, a little bit easier, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I think I'll wrap it up one more thing. It's just like, you know, at some point, like you got to take action, you have to take action. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are, there are clients I'll admit who I give them suggestions that are very simple suggestions that are going to make their life so much easier. The one that comes up the most, please pre-log your food ahead of time. If you are going to be tracking, Mm -hmm. like it is a game changer Mm -hmm. and nine times out of 10, they, they dig their heels in the sand and they refuse to do it. So they're making their own life harder. That is the single most successful tool I have seen clients use pre-logging meal, meal planning, pre-logging is almost always an indicator of, of a hundred percent success in my experience, anecdotal and personal. Agreed. hundred percent. Kim, what's your experience with that? Oh yeah. That's literally on their nutrition guidelines. They get from me like one, one of the only things on there. I do have a section, like if you don't know how to use my fitness pal, here's how to use it. And then the last thing is it's in big bold print. The number one thing my most successful clients do, and it's pre-logging. And then I explained to him exactly how I would want them to pre-log and still not everybody does it. And (laughs) some people, there is resistance from people more often than not. Most people end up doing it because 
they're not getting the results they want. And we talk about what's happening and, okay, well, how can we avoid that situation? And it usually comes back to pre-logging and um, yeah, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. But so, yeah, so much resistance around it. I don't know if it's because people think that, oh, it's going to take a lot of time, or maybe I'm not going to want to eat that, like what I logged the next day. But yeah. I say like, use it as a, a skeleton or a template, like you can easily make swaps, but at least you know how much of something that you need if you're going to swap it out. So the most of the work has been done, like it may take a little bit of finagling. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, so I think being an action taker and utilizing the advice or the suggestions that you were given. And then my last one, I'm full of these, is resourcefulness. So mm-hmm. not just like always relying on your coach to have the answer because my phone is pretty much glued to my hand. I will be honest. Uh, and I try to get back to my clients right away, but you know, there are different time zones. So maybe I'm on a call or recording a podcast and my client is on the East coast and they're going out to dinner and it's like, Hey, tell me what to eat. I had, I did have this one client. She was a nightmare. She doesn't listen to this. My probably the only client who was like a huge headache for me and did come back. So didn't do the work the first time, came back and I let her come back. And my intuition was saying like, Marcy, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and I did it. Did and it. Sure enough, just same thing as it happened the first time, like sending me and she lives in my hometown. So it's like, it was the same time zone. So like at 630, I was getting the text, like, what should I eat? And it was like, why don't you tell me what you should eat? And then, you know, I will let you know if that is a good choice. Yeah. Marcy, so. stuff like that is why I stopped um, answering people in real time. I don't let people text me anyway, but I would actually, this is another thing on their, um, their first email from me. And I would say, I will always reply back to you within five days. Don't worry if you need me for something sooner, because there are no emergencies in weight loss or muscle building. And mm-hmm. I actually want you to try and figure it out on your own. And then what we're going to do is we're going to debrief and you're going to tell me what was the issue? What did you try? How did it go? And then we can brainstorm moving forward because I want them to have to figure it out on their own without any help from me first. That's amazing. Yeah. Very good. Well, ladies, this was a wonderful conversation. Listeners, I hope that you got something out of this. If you are looking to hire a coach at some point, or if you are a current client of a coach and maybe some of these uh, hit home to you and you're like, oh, perhaps I am doing that. And there's some room for improvement. So it's only going to improve your relationship with your coach and allow you to make faster progress. Because at the end of the day, that is what we all want, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Better results. Yeah, That's right. Okay. Well, lovely chatting with you and we will catch you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.